You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is brought to you by the Gebhardt Sleep Group at Baird Financial, delivering personalized financial advice that helps clients reach their long-term goals. Visit gebhardtsleepgroup.com or see our show notes for links and to learn more. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Tia McNally. I'm Jess Biondo. And I'm Michaela Hooper. We are so pumped because this week we interviewed Gary Thomas. Yes, Gary Thomas, the author of Sacred Marriage, the book that just celebrated 20 years in print and over a million copies sold. Wow. His writing is timeless. It's universal. And we know that you guys are going to benefit from from this chat that we had with Gary. Mm -hmm. His new book, When to Walk Away, recently came out and it is equally as powerful as Sacred Marriage, I would argue. Absolutely. Um, Very different topic. Yeah. uh, But just how to deal with toxic people in your life. Yeah. And this one really, some of the stuff was kind of hard for me to hear because I realized I am not really good at setting up boundaries sometimes. Mm. And so he'll he'll get into this. And so some of this might really hit home for you if you're listening out there. And I hope it really gives you something to think about and will allow you to put some really healthy practices in place yeah. to continue to live out who you're created to be and not let other people rob you of that. Yeah. And I want to encourage you too, if you feel hesitant about this topic or um, there's anything rising up in you that makes you feel like you don't want to listen, you should listen. It, there's Stick so through to the end, yes, because it's it's redeeming. There's so, redemption. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. even from the very beginning, mm-hmm. I just felt this freedom and in, in the way that he looks at this from a kingdom first perspective. Mm-hmm. So, hang on because this is an incredible episode, guys. Enjoy. Gary, welcome to The Collected Podcast. We are so thrilled to have you here. Well, I'm honored to be here. It is an absolute delight because I personally started my year in sacred marriage just as this 20-year anniversary was coming up. Congratulations. Yeah, I thank you. Uh, it's it's hard for me to believe it's been 20 years. I but, bet. Uh, <laughs> It's it's been fun. It's such a timeless uh, book, though. And I I believe that that is the kind of work that God created you to put in the world. And this next book that that you're releasing, When to Walk Away, I believe it's going to be um, of the same kind of evergreen nature. Could you... um, Kind of just give us a little a little snapshot of what that book is, and then we'll back up and kind of hear about your life and your family. Yeah. The the subtitle of When to Walk Away gives sort of the essence, and it's finding freedom from toxic people. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the notion that we should be so about the work that God has called us to do and becoming the people that God has called us to become that sometimes, unfortunately, we have to play defense. Mm-hmm. I was so naive for most of my adult life. I thought if I could just play a good offense, be surrendered to the Lord, listen for his voice, understand scriptures, always respond in you know, sort of a loving, kindly way, that I would never have to play spiritual defense. And it really is sort of the story which led to a 
whole exploration of the scriptures and my amazement at how many scriptures reflect this, mm-hmm. of how often Jesus was willing to walk away from people or let people walk away from him yeah. to accomplish his mission and sometimes to protect his time with the Lord, sometimes to protect his physical health. Yeah. And it was just an aspect of Jesus, quite frankly, I'm embarrassed to say I was blinded to. I don't know how I didn't see it, given how many times I've read the New Testament. But it was a life-changing message for me, mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of grief, guilt, and I think uh, misplaced guilt yeah. in looking at that kind of situation and those kind of relationships. I was really shocked when when I was um, first thumbing through your book and I saw all of the the scriptures of Jesus walking away. <laughs> I was like, yeah. holy cow, I've just never put that together. You're not alone in not noticing that. I never noticed mm-hmm. it until you pointed it out. That's amazing. Well, in, in just about every sermon, in fact, I can see my eye, wife's eyes roll back in her head when I quote Matthew 6.33, seek first <laughs> the kingdom of God. Because she told me after church one day, Gary, it's possible to preach without mentioning Matthew 6.33. <laughs> hey, but I you know, said, it'll know, preach. Honey, but it's really hard for me because it, it, it really is how I want to begin every day, that life isn't about me my mm-hmm. comfort, my enrichment, my reputation. It's about seeking first God's kingdom. Yeah. But this is where I was so embarrassed. Seven verses later. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, you talk just a couple sentences. That's where Jesus has the famous passage. But don't give what is holy to dogs or throw your pearls before swine or else they'll turn on you and tear you to pieces. So wow. Jesus is launching the church on the offense. Go get them. But then out of his care and love. But you know what? There's some toxic people out there Mm -hmm. and I want you to be careful because they're just going to rip you up. And if they succeed in ripping you up, you're not going to keep seeking first the kingdom. And I don't know how I missed that. I I guess I just saw that as an outlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but when I saw how often he walked away, I realized, no, that's the heart of what he's saying. Be so zealous for the good he calls us to do. Yeah. We don't have to wrestle with the hard-hearted, toxic people. Mm. They don't change. They don't want to change. And I've lost a lot of peace of mind and time and grief and good, positive time with others and healthy relationships until I learned that lesson that Jesus warned me about back from when I first started reading the Bible. Wow. And I already feel lighter just listening to you talk about this concept. There's so much freedom mm-hmm. that I think we we don't allow ourselves because we we do feel this prideful need to to force people to change, and that's just not our job. So that's yeah. yeah wow. There's a ton of freedom in that. Thank you. I got a Facebook message from a reader who. I mean, she's my age in her 50s, and she read it, and she said I was describing her Mm sister-in-law and how she felt like for the sake of her mom and keeping the family happy and ever, she had allowed herself to be terrorized. And what I was amazed by Mm -hmm. is what she said. This is what makes her writer really happy. She goes, Gary, I'm free for the first time in my life. Oh, wow. And then what I was amazed, she goes, I talked to my mom, and now she's reading the book, and she gets it. And, and I tell people, when you're afraid of standing up to a toxic person because you might offend the toxic person, there are usually a dozen people who hurt seeing you treated that way. Mm. And so you can choose to he- hurt the 12 healthy people that say, I really wish you wouldn't allow yourself to be terrorized yeah. like that. Or 
let that one toxic person have their way. And I don't mean to say that in a hard way because it's not that simple. No. And I don't want to sure. pour more guilt on those that feel like it's complicated. But to hear others that have come through that same thing, they've seen the same scriptures and their eyes were open like mine were to say, there's that freedom. I just I just was hit when you said the word freedom. That just yeah. came to mind. Wow. That's incredible. So yeah. well, can we back up just a bit? Let's could maybe you could share a little bit of your your history and your work history and your family and just kind of let our readers know who you are and what else you do besides write incredible timeless books. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, yes. I, I wanted to become a writer since I was eight years old. Mm. And part of it is because I'm a man of amazingly limited giftings. There's really <laughs> not anything else I can do. Well, um, I'm a mechanical idiot. Uh, I don't like to be in charge of people. Not that great with numbers. Um, and I'm just really thankful that this worked out or my wife's life would have been a lot difficult, <laughs> uh, a lot more difficult than it is already just putting up with me. So um, I've just always loved books. I've always wanted to be a writer. And I know some people go, through, what do I want to do? And it just it just wasn't with me. I, back from a long time ago, it's where I was, I was touched by books. I've been inspired by books. And knowing that there's some books out there that have encouraged others as I've been encouraged, uh, yeah. it's it's been a very fulfilling life. And I've just now sitting on Zon um, of After Sacred Marriage just recently hit a million copies. Wow. And When to Walk Away got a great start. And so Zonovan extended my contract for a couple books. Awesome. Which would probably take me to my mid-60s to finish. <laughs> and wow. <laughs> I feel like that's my adult life. Now, it took me to my mid-30s till I could make a living at it. But right. to be able to do what I've just wanted to do in some ways feel like it's the only thing I can do is – I can't tell you how grateful I am to the Lord. And since it was so hard to start, because it was brutal at the start trying to get published, I've always, I've never forgotten. Mm. I still kind of live with that wound. So um, Mm, I've never taken it for granted. This week, we continue to be so thankful to be sponsored by David Gebhardt with the Gebhardt Schleep Group of Baird Financial. And they have been so faithful in not only sponsoring us and allowing us to be on the air, but helping give us advice, confidential advice, about how to get our finances in order and what to be doing with our money. And it's helped, for me anyway, shift this idea that my money isn't just for me. It's about my legacy or allowing, you know, harnessing my money in a way that allows me to be open to what God may be calling me to. Yes. So that I can give him my yes and not always have to worry about the financial implications of that because I've prepared for it. Yeah. yeah. I think um, a lot of us were probably brought up um, with with different perspectives on money, but some of us maybe with without a healthy view of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I really appreciate about Dave and his team is that they are committed to helping us kind of craft our, our perspective mm-hmm. on money and how we can use money as a tool for God's kingdom. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not looking at it separate from the work of the kingdom. Yes. Dave is a strong Christian and yes. he weaves that into his, his business. And yeah. It's, it's a creative outlet. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. So don't don't let fear hold you back. And um, 
contact Dave and let him know how he can assist you in um, growing your finances so that you're in a place where you can bless those around you and have freedom to say yes. You know what's great about Dave too? As a collective podcast listener, you can just call or email him and mm-hmm. ask him a question with no obligation. Yeah. He's he's a resource available to you right now. He wants to hear from you. So please give him a call or email. Check the show notes to find his info. What would you say to uh, people that are beginning their writing journey to like to encourage them to press through that process? Yeah. Um there's a passage that Paul says to Timothy when he says, endure hardship, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Mm. And he's telling Timothy, your ministry doesn't have to be easy. If God's called you to this, do it. Uh, there was a famous novelist when I was first getting started called Jean Owl, A-U-E-L. She wrote some like sort of like caveman Huh. I never read them, but they were really popular back then. Uh-huh. And But she gave me some advice. She didn't give me. She said it in the magazine that really <laughs> stuck with me and I found to be true. She goes, there's a difference between those who want to be writers and those who need to be writers. Mm. So those who need to be writers, you're not going to dissuade them. They're going to keep going. And then I would read Stephen King, who said he wrote four novels and 65 short stories before his first one was published. Yeah. And and so many people would give up before that. I went through eight years, over 120 straight rejections. Oh, wow. Um, and But it was just, I, I believe God had called me to do it. I'd had a seminary professor who actually, I believe, spoke a prophetic word about it happening that yeah. really encouraged me. Well, maybe it's not just me. So good. Um, and I, I'm just going to say it's worth it looking back, putting up with all of that to get there. And I, I think one of the most satisfying times of my life was after the success of Sacred Marriage. And then my agents would set up an auction for other books. This one publisher that had asked me to submit a book, uh, well, I'd sent a proposal to them and they came back and said, we really like this. Can you send us some more chapters? I did. I said, boy, this is really good. Could you finish it? So I finished the book and sent it to him. And I got a letter back from the editor. This is well-written. We love your voice. It's a message the church needs to see here. It's got just the right tone, so we're not going to publish your book. (laughs) Great, thanks. And and I called her because we'd had all this conversation. It just seemed bizarre. Yeah. And she just said, Gary, I'm going to be honest, you know, because this is going back to when she goes – you have no platform. She mm. goes, why would somebody buy a book from Gary Thomas when they could buy a book from Chuck Swindoll, mm. Jim Dobson, Charles Stanton? And I couldn't disagree with that. Wow. So later, when after Sacred Marriage came out, they made a bid on the book. And my agent told me, Gary, they're dreaming if they think they can have you. You're so past that publishing <laughs> passage. Come on. I, I, I can't say I didn't take a little pleasure in sure, that. Sure. Yeah. Um, they had their chance. But I tried not to. Yeah. But so that's what I would say to the writers. Yeah. Every Good. well, that's not true to say every writer started out because some people are famous, and that's the easiest way to get a book published is to be famous for something else. But if you're <laughs> not famous for some, ninety-nine percent of writers start out just where you are. Yeah. And if God's called you, and it's the only thing you can do, um, you just you just got to have sort of like Jesus set your face like flint toward Jerusalem and yeah, just say, yeah. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep learning. Mm. Don't be angry at God because 
sometimes the process is uh, part of what shapes you. Yeah. Word. But don't always anticipate it's going to be hard. I know some writers that, boy, the doors just opened up amazingly. Yeah. And uh, so I don't want to discourage anybody from trying because right. m- my path, I, I don't think is atypical, but it's not universal. Right. Mm. Well, so Gary, we don't know each other, but this is Tia speaking to you. Um, I actually have a proposal out in the world right now. So everything you just said, I felt like you were just saying to me. So thank you so <laughs> much for that. Well, and well let me, I want to real quick some- too, in case um, people out there aren't writers, I'm not. And mm-hmm. everything you said Apply. Apply to yes. me too. <laughs> yes. Like with whatever your passion is and what God's created you to do, everything you just said was such an encouragement Yes. for whatever yes. field for you're sure. in. So right. thank you. Yeah. Sure, sure. What were you going to say, Gary? Well, my unsolicited advice was if you have a proposal out there, start working on the next one. That's what kept, go- kept me going. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, if one gets rejected, you're like, well, you know what? I've got another one. I, I, I just, it was how I dealt with the, because yeah. there could be so much waiting when you're first getting out. I'll, I'll be honest. It's not fair in the sense of now when I'm between contracts, my publisher works with me on ideas. Oh, we'll yeah. discuss them on the phone. I don't have to write a whole proposal. Yeah, It's like they've even done market research to say, yeah, this is the one we're going to go with. So all the cards are in my favor. They're yeah. going to give me a contract. It's just how do we work it out? And it's just so different when you're starting. Yeah. If you can get over that line, it's sort of like having your union card or your SAG <laughs> card or yeah. you know, you're in, and then it's just a whole different game. And yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. If God's called you to do it, it's worth it. Come well, on. and I, I, I agree that. wholeheartedly. And I it seems like the Lord has just flung the doors wide open for when to walk away. But where did that start? What was sort of the, the seed of this book? Well, it's probably not surprising. Um, I was in my own situation with, uh, I, I would call a, a toxic person. Yeah. And I was being lied about and undercut. And I didn't get it. Because I didn't have much interaction and I thought, I can't, thinking back, have I done anything? And maybe he just doesn't like me, which I can get, but but the antagonism and mm. the, um, the line. And, and w- so I have a great friend, it's one of the wonderful pleasures in life. I have several solid friends. In fact, four of them are, are who I dedicated the book to. Nice. But he's been a family, marriage family therapist and counselor to executives and whatnot for over 30 years. And I just said, now, do I confront him now that I know what's going on? And I was shocked. And he said, Gary, my recommendation is that you not engage him at all. Yeah. And I said, what are you talking about? Just as a Christian, that seemed like a, and that's when he pointed me toward the book of Luke and said, count how many times Jesus walked away or let others walk away from him. And, and that was a life changing moment for me. I went to all four gospels and I, counted them all and put them in the appendix and 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 use them in writing the book that um what i found is that if somebody is hurting or difficult but in good faith i think it's our call to be sacrificial and generous with our time and work with them but when we determine as best we can somebody is toxic it's a waste of time yeah trying to defend ourselves trying to confront them to say how should you is like telling a rhinoceros it has bad breath if they enjoy if they enjoy conflict, it's like lighting a fire. You won't find reconciliation. And you know, I've I've had to say I've I found sometimes just I notice this. I do some premarital counseling here at the church, and 
and some women that will come from some just dysfunctional homes, but then make a great choice about the guy they're married. I'm so excited because they can have their own solid family now. But about nine months after they're married, they come back and say, yeah, I, I want to go back to my mom. And they think they can fix their family of origin. Oh, yeah. And I have to tell them, I, go, I, go, I get why you want a positive relationship with your mom. Who doesn't? But you can't have a healthy relationship with an unhealthy person. Yeah. And at that point, it's time to grieve instead of trying to fix because yeah. you're going to fail at fixing. You're going to take time away from your new marriage and throw it after some. And I, I'm going to tell you, I've seen this play out. It, it won't happen. And I would say the same thing at work. Um, you'd like to work for a great boss or with great coworkers or, or whatnot. But if, if you're dealing with somebody that you see is toxic, um, I found it is just a waste of time. You can't shame them. You can't convict them. They enjoy the conflict. They're playing a different game for them. A healthy, peaceable marriage is a boring marriage. A, a productive workplace is a boring workplace. A church that is seeking out a mission is a boring church. They've got to bring division. They've got to bring backstabbing. Mm. They enjoy it. And so I would say don't give them ammunition. Don't play their game. And that was just a whole new message for me to learn. <laughs> so then when do you walk away? Well, here's the first thing. I, I, I make a distinction in the book. It takes me three chapters to do it. I'm not just speaking of difficult people. and I'm not speaking of hurting people. Right. Mm. When you determine they're toxic, that's when I think you say, you know what? At this point, it's free for me to walk away. And I know for the sensitive listeners, that sounds horrible. But here's what my counselor friend said to me. Here, if a guy came into your office, he goes, you're an empathetic guy. And he, you know he needed a root canal, Right. You wouldn't perform the root canal. You're not trained. You're not qualified. And when you're dealing with a toxic person, that is a, a you know true narcissist or controller or a guy with a murderous spirit, whatever. He goes, that, that is something that it takes. He goes, counselors are known to fire their clients. Yeah. He goes, you're, you're, you're getting in over your head. It doesn't mean you don't care. Yeah. It's a statement of humility. I can't <laughs> help you. Yeah. And and so you need to go to somebody who can and then I should spend my time in a place where it will be more productive. So I would say walk away this when when you know you're being destroyed interacting with that person. Mm. And by that I mean they're destroying your peace, they're destroying your joy, they're destroying your confidence, you know, yeah. when they gaslight and make you feel crazy for believing the truth so that now you think you won't have anything to give to anyone. When they're haunting you at night, when you're with your family or your other friends and you can't get them out of your mind, so you're not engaging in your other relationships, that's the time to say, okay, this has become toxic. And I don't even have to label them toxic. Our interactions are toxic. And so I need to break this off because it's not going to help them and it's not going to help me. Yeah. I feel like if you don't walk away, and you may speak to this in the book, I haven't finished it yet. Um, it actually could trap you in really sinful patterns. Have mm -hmm. you have you talked about that oh, at all? Yeah. I am never more tempted to act in a toxic way than when I'm interacting with a toxic person. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, one of the marks of a toxic person is controlling, um, and I want to control them, or they have a murderous spirit. Mm. Instead of just disagreeing with me, they want to destroy me. Well, I want to destroy them back before they can destroy me. Mm. Um, 
it's just they gossip. Well, I want to tell others about them. And and so part of walking away is is my admission of, you know what, I'm as much a sinner as anyone. I can act toxic. I think there's difference from being a toxic person and acting in a toxic way. Mm-hmm. All of us at times will act in certain ways that we're ashamed of and will be convicted of and repent and hopefully ask for forgiveness and try to seek reconciliation. But for a toxic person, they they love acting. Like I said before, the, the things that we're ashamed of is what makes them feel most alive. Wow. And that's why I think we have to be protective, recognizing I don't want to be sucked into this. The other reason, though, is that it, when we look at it, not just as me sinning, but I think of positive relationships that I'm not giving time to yeah. because I'm interacting with this toxic person. Oh. I had one woman, she was online, and she has sort of imploded. Uh, just the person that she was with left and and now they're in a fight and she had to do this big public apology and i mean it just her her toxic ways caught up with her and she finally said everybody i'm just kind of but i i just kept i didn't understand it at the time this was a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. i'm just like "Ah." and i just felt the lord saying gary write an encouraging email to someone write a blog post write an article work on that book anything but defend yourself against her one more time don't spend 10 more seconds Mm trying to, you're not going to, you're not going to placate her. Yeah. You can't go where she wants you to go. And so you just got to accept she's going to do what she's going to do, but be positive, spend more time lifting up the name of Jesus yeah. than worrying about your own name. That's you know, good. just live to exalt Jesus, live to encourage the followers of Jesus mm-hmm. and, and just say, you know, I, I'm to seek first the kingdom of God, not seek first the kingdom of Gary. And that was a freeing time for me because I got to tell you, when I encourage someone, when I write a blog post that lifts someone up, says that was so helpful. I mean, the endorphin hits I get spiritually <laughs> are enormous. Yeah. But when you're in a battle with a toxic person, and, and let me just make it practical. And their name comes up on the phone or you see the email and you get that gut awful mm-hmm. feeling like oh, you just feel that churning. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. And so you say, I don't have to play that game. See, I thought I used to have to to try to find reconciliation. And I can't tell you the freedom when I realized, you know what? What if that doesn't honor God? Yeah. Wow. If Jesus could walk away, sometimes walking in his footsteps means I should walk away. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, this is sparking a question in me. If so, so I, I would think that toxic people could begin to, and especially from the experiences you're sharing, they could begin to feel like enemies. And Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. So, what would yes. you say to us about our duty to to pray for toxic people we wake walk away from? I think it's a very wise thing to do. I prayed for my toxic person, and here's what I pray. Lord, I pray that they will be so overcome by your grace and mercy and light Mm -hmm. that they'll find more joy and encouragement than in gossip, that they'll become an active worker of your kingdom instead of fighting against people. Because it's not that I'm exalting myself, but I know this for a fact. In, in my case, and it's an, it's almost universal, if a toxic person is attacking you, you're number one of 900, right? Right, right. It's, you're not the only one. And so I'm praying that I would rather have one more brother or sister in Christ than one less enemy. So I, I'll pray yeah. for God to completely do a change of heart, but I also pray 
if they keep resisting you, then I pray you'll just silence them so they can't keep hurting others. And then I'm leaving it up in God's hands. I'm not trying to tell God what he should do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm asking him. <laughs> I'm right. interceding because his word tells me to. Right. Yeah. Um, if, if he wants to have a Damascus Road experience with one of them and, and turn them around, I'm like, That's great. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'd like to rejoice when that happens. Um, so it's, it's, I, I think it's a wise thing to pray because it does shape your heart realizing, you know what, God has shown all of us mercy. We're not to have any enemies. I don't want to hate anyone, even if they hate me. Right. Because that poisons me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why I, you know, again, the more I engage in healthy relationships, the easier it is for me just to kind of say, you know, I feel sorry for them and and yeah. to move on. The compassion is yeah. a big part of that. Because yeah. you know what, they're... They're they're so lonely, and and you got to think if you get pleasure out of dividing people and turning people against. I mean, it's it's got to be an awful and a lonely life. Yeah, and and so we can't have some empathy in that. Um, even if they're bringing it on themselves, mm-hmm. it's um, it it it's got to be chilling to think that. Yeah, that's where you get your pleasure. What do you say to? to people who have a hard time believing that that someone could change that the lord could do the changing work like for instance you know if if the toxic person in your life has become near that getting on that edge of hating them because they've been yeah. so damaging to you yeah believing that the lord can do the transformative work in their life how yeah. would you encourage someone who's struggling to believe that? I love the premise of your question because what it means is that walking away doesn't mean writing off. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's an important distinction. I think that's a Bible-based. I think it's an inspired distinction that you're making. So mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that up. And it just so happens in God's good timing, our ultimate teacher, I read Acts 9 this morning. Love it. About the Apostle Paul. Yes. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Yeah. So Pretty good. Murderous threats, was jailing people, was there when, when Stephen was being stoned. And God, that, that Damascus Road experience yep. where, and, and I read that, I said, okay, that it can happen. And I don't want to, um, I don't want to limit God. If God could do that in the first century, he can do it in the 21st century. He did it with me. Right. Uh, And so um, it's, it's, it's that hope, but it's, but it's waiting on God to do that. One of the things I say in the book, this four word phrase that has helped me, no conviction, no counsel. It's like, I can't persuade a toxic person to not be toxic. And I don't want to play their game. So if I don't see conviction from God already working in their heart, I'm not going to offer counsel. That's throwing my pearls before swan. That's good. That's what Jesus says not to do. So it's recognizing, God, if you bring conviction um, and and, and humility, I'm, I'm there. Even though they've hurt me, I'll spend time. I'll pray for them. But if that conviction isn't there, I'm not going to give the counsel because you've told me not to. That's mm. so good. I'm holding on to that. <laughs> I just want to say I really I appreciate your transparency um, in your process because I think sometimes you know it's it's hard because there is there is at times in in each of us a sense of wanting to control and wanting to fix a situation and being able to release that a relationship 
and allow the Lord to do what only the Lord can do mm-hmm. is really difficult sometimes. Yeah. But to be able to do that, again, going back to freedom, there's freedom, great freedom that comes for us. And I also think for that other, for the individual who is toxic, because I think sometimes it hinders them mm-hmm. from actually having restoration or being healed or, you know, shifting from being a toxic person to somebody that's operating in health. So I just appreciate your transparency in your own process because mm-hmm. I think it's a lot harder at times than we we believe it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's possible. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. And Gary, we're almost out of time here, but before we wrap up, is there any final thought of inspiration or encouragement um, that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah. Thank you for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. The The second premise of when to walk away is that everybody listening, if they're in Christ, has the most important message that everybody needs to hear. God's mm-hmm. reconciling power, God reconciling the world to himself and doing that, reconciling us to each other and the power of the Holy Spirit within you. It's not about your giftings. It's not that you're special. It's that God is special within you. Mm. And so value your time, value your peace and your joy and your sanity, because God can use you in ways that would astonish you. Some of you think, well, what does it matter if somebody's stealing my joy until the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. strength. And so if they're making you weak, you're not fulfilling the call that God has given you. So value your life because mm-hmm. that's valuing your mission. It's valuing yeah. what God can do through you. And, and I'm hoping it will inspire the church toward positive ministry. I think too many Christians undercut themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't realize the power of just investing in a few reliable people. We get into that with Second Timothy 2 too. And and so much ministry is undercut, but if we will just be faithful to do that, mm-hmm. think of it in your lifetime, if you invest in two reliable people who will take what you've given and pass it on to others, you've you've tripled faith of your generation. Yeah, I mean, yes. the church will keep tripling it, and, and that's huge. That's awesome. Where there was one, now there's three. Yeah. So um, do that. Trust the Holy Spirit within you. Believe in the message that God has given you. That's why you walk away from toxic people because you matter. Yeah. Mm. How empowering. Ah, mm-hmm. Gary, thank you so yeah. much. I I would love to just let's keep this going for another hour. I know. <laughs> every word you have said has just ushered in so much peace and freedom. Mm-hmm. And so Thank you for your time. Thank you for your words and your faithfulness to your mission. Um, and I'm so grateful God God called you to write at eight years old. Well, thanks for um, the work of putting this show together and making this platform available and, and serving your listeners mm. all the time. I oh, appreciate thank that. You. Thank you, Carrie. Gary is full of grace and wisdom and power. Yeah. I mean, I loved how all throughout that interview, he would come back to the word. Yep. Scripture after scripture after scripture. And he talked about seeking first mm-hmm. the kingdom. And what a um what a powerful scripture to to lean on to go back to over and over again. Yeah. Um, but he that was I'm like, wow, you know, he he not only is somebody who's experienced some of the things that he writes about, but he goes back to the word. And he I mean the 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 book of 
um, the title, When to Walk Away. And he talks about all of recognizing that Jesus actually walked away yeah. from moments mm-hmm. throughout his journey. And considering that, the fact that Jesus actually removed himself from situations that were not healthy. Yeah. That he created that boundary himself. Yeah. Um, that's powerful revelation. <laughs> it is. Because I think for us, um, as human beings, I know at least for myself, it's hard sometimes to create that boundary. Mm. And because I want to help, mm-hmm. I want to fix. Mm-hmm. And that is ultimately my pride. Yeah. Like creeping up and saying to myself, Michaela, you could fix this, but no, you can't. Like <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, I, but. To know that and to just kind of have that awareness that Jesus actually removed himself from situations. Mm. Powerful. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of something, a conversation that we actually had this week, Michaela, Mm -hmm. about putting other people's garbage in your purse. Yeah. Like, who are we to think that we could carry someone else's stuff and fix it for them? That smell better. Yeah. Like putting someone else's garbage in your purse is going to make it smell better. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that. Nope. And we can't, we can't, even staying in such close proximity to someone else's garbage is eventually going to make us stink. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a huge revelation for me as we talked because the more we force interaction with toxic people, the more sinful we become. Because mm. there's yeah. just no way around it. But I did like his distinction about the difference that you're not writing them off. Yes. Yeah. Like, we're still called to love them and pray for them, yeah. but you don't have to do it in that with that proximity. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kept thinking of this the line in the song. You know, there's a table that you've prepared for me mm-hmm. in the presence of my enemies. Like that's where I think that's still like that awareness that you're. It's not that you're shutting somebody down or hating them, you know. But it's it's actually it's actually loving you uh-huh. and that individual mm-hmm. by removing yourself. Because he did say, he touched on the fact that you become toxic yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you start to, you respond in a way that the per- the toxic person yeah. would respond if you continue to leave yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think we just were seeing the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. Yes. This book is a must read. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. His his last huge book, Sacred Marriage, sold over a million copies. It's good stuff, guys. And he has a ton of other resources, too. We'll mm-hmm. link to all his stuff so you can really see what all he's doing. And this guy is so compassionate, just a little behind the scenes. Like, he even handled an emergency situation. Um, he put his people first. Um, the people that are in his life, um, and chose lifting up those people that he's doing life with on a daily basis and being there as a support over a professional obligation. And I really honor that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, a really sweet opportunity also for us to be able to kind of lift that up in prayer while we um, waited for a minute. But um, yeah, this yeah. guy's a real Amazing. deal. Yeah. yeah. He is. All right, guys. Well, we sure do hope you have an awesome week. And before you go, if you have a girl ages 
12 to 19. Yep. We do have our registration live now for Collected Camp. Um, it's this June. So check out our website. We'll link to it in our show notes. Uh, just a great opportunity for young girls to have a week being poured into and being reminded of their true identity and who they're created to be in the Lord. And it's a powerful week. It's our third year and we have really exciting things in store. I feel like each year it just gets better and better as God continues to reveal new things to us that we can then share um, with these young women. Absolutely. Collectedworkshops.com slash camp is where you can learn more all about Collected Camp. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com slash thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive content, Contests and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at the Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is brought to you by the Gebhardt Sleep Group at Baird Financial, delivering personalized financial advice that helps clients reach their long-term goals. Visit gebhardtsleepgroup.com or see our show notes for links and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is recorded and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Alon.